Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome back to Growth Island. So you know I love tracking. And what you probably didn't know as well is that I actually love to track my time for work and not just tracking uh, how biomarkers are working as well. For me, I think it's one of the things that makes me a lot more productive and I can actually optimize because I see like what's working on. But it might not always be the best idea and how does it work when you ask an employee to actually track. So today I got Stig Newman Christiansen in. He is studying his PhD and what does this actually mean that you're tracking all this stuff and what does it mean if you track your employees and um, what consequences does that have? So Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot. So Steve, tell me a bit more about your research and how you got into that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm a PhD fellow at uh, Copenhagen Business School and uh, I'm quite interested in, in this, you could say, idea that uh, we can track a lot of things. We can use uh, variables, track sleep, we can use... Uh, when we log into our emails, our calendars, you know, we leave these small digital footprints. And, and these digital footprints we can use afterwards to say a lot about you know, who did we talk to, how much time did we spend on email, how long time did I spend in Zoom, how long time did I spend not meeting with people but actually maybe preparing for meetings and so on. So right now we can track our work lives and, and personal lives in, in grander details. And we see right now that these things are being used um, to help people mm. uh, optimize work habits, uh, live healthier, smarter. However, there's also been a lot of people having argued there are, if you zoom out, a more um, a dark side of uh, of technology. And and my I think my research I'm quite curious. You know, I understand I mean stress, work-life balance, important issues that we all need to to grapple with, and also some of these other. Uh, dystopian world of, of being tracked everywhere, right? Uh, yeah. How do we, we balance these things? So that's that's the interest of my of my research. Yeah. So I might have some listeners sitting and being like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Tracking is the best." And the other one's being like, "Finally, someone that understands it, right? Yeah. Finally, someone that understands like the dark side." How do you get into being like, "I want to research this instead of so many other things?" Yeah. So if ten years ago I was uh, working in an advertising uh, agency. And there I was, uh, of course, asked, you know, to track my time because what you sell in advertising is you sell basically hours. So we need to, to track our time. And uh, every time I forgot, you know, the project manager would come up to me and say, hey, Steve, you need to, to track your time, right? Uh, maybe if you do it every day, at least, you know, when you come home, it, it would be, uh, be better. And eventually I learned to, to start out and, and, try and say, okay, I work for these hours. But I also realized that that actually kind of changed my relationship to my job. So, I mean, a lot of the time when you think if you go for a run, you know, okay, mm-hmm. your head is spinning, you know, how should we do stuff? Um, you take a bike, you, uh, you may be at work, but then you don't do something that you feel super productive. Which category, which client do you build that you suddenly picked up a magazine and you thought to wonder? So I got more instrumental. Mm. In, my, in my feeling and that kind of actually I felt less joy around this. So I switched strategy to feeling, hey, 
I uh, I don't want to track my uh, my time, so I basically just put in stuff randomly, right? You know, yeah. because you also have some quotas to meet, and if you just you know you could say play the theater, yeah, it all worked fine. So so that experience, I felt like okay, all this time stuff and so on, and it it, it got got to me, right? Uh, and right now we see that we begin to not even track our time; we begin to track more and more and more, and that kind of pondered me to to think about uh, what are the consequences uh, of this. Interesting. So that, of course, makes me think like, <clears throat> when you, I used to work in consulting as well, and we had to track our hours because someone has to pay our salary, right? Mm. So I think that's, that's for me, is kind of like, whether you like it or not, it's kind of like, if someone has to pay for your time, you also owe them to at least figure out like, there's a joke about lawyers, right? Mm. A lawyer goes uh, up to, uh, to, um, to heaven, he's dead. And he's being greeted with this, like, uh, welcome to uh, the oldest man ever lived, 500 and something. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm 80 years old. And he's like, no, according to all of the hours that you were building, you are the oldest man in life, right? Um, so that point actually being like, you only charge people for what you have actually agreed to charge them for. Mm-hmm. How do you see that, like, challenge of, like, not wanting to track, but also, like, the necessity of what someone is paying for? Yeah, so, so, so uh, to me... Uh, this idea about we sell our time yeah. has a relationship that is long as the capitalism. Yeah. We can actually say, right, we can go 250 years back and uh, at the time where our industrial society and our notion of capitalism was, I don't know, we can maybe say invented, right, to simplify things. Yeah. Uh, it was a time where people was moving out from being peasants to moving into the factories. Yeah. and. Um, and suddenly people was uh, normally working in artisan craftsmanships and suddenly people were going into factories instead. Yeah. So there was this entrepreneur called uh, Joshua Wedgwood and he was uh, beginning to uh, scale up uh, how to do pottery. So he built some, some big factories there and he got a lot of people and he educated people on massive scale. So before, you know, artisan workshop were maybe up to 20 people, right? And suddenly he employed above 100, maybe up to, I think, two, 300 when his factory were the most. And and how do you keep track of that? So what he yeah. did was, um, he was inspired a little bit by uh, the church. Yeah. So there was a bell ringing every morning to wake up the workmen to go to the factory, right? And and it rang when they had a, a break and it rang again. And and, and that over that time, suddenly more people begin to feel that, right? People yeah. begin to, to sell the hours. We begin to uh, make a time into a commodity we can sell to get. So that's kind of the history where this has a close link yeah. And, and the idea of uh, manage, man, management, actually, the role of the manager was kind of also born in that time because obviously somebody has to, to make sure that people are there, right? So yeah. when you came in, you know, you hand a brick of wood and then you received it back. And, and that guy was the clerk. Yeah. And, uh, and that man in the factory was kind of the first manager. Yeah. And of course, now we see that management position has a lot more to do, right? It's not only about controlling, it's also supporting people. If, you feel stressed, right? You have a conversation. How do we, how do you go about to organize my work? Also, right now, it's not only about plugging in, right? As yeah. consultant, you also know it's maybe you build amount of hours, but you also have to create value in those hours. And what does value mean? And you have to figure out how to handle what you can build, what you cannot build. I think most consultants would like to just build for results. Yeah. But the model is very much set up for the, the client one, like how many hours is going to be in the kind of understand that model. I know with supply chain, it's easier to make um, 
They're kind of like, we build by the results. Uh, and those are the ones making the most money sometimes mm. because they can be like, we take X percent of the savings, right? Um, but it's a hard thing when you have a trade, like how do you how do you value something? But I think most people would like to go more to if they can provide the value, value-based pricing instead of time-based pricing, right? And you could also, there's another side, right? So yeah. I think it's, it's we are moving towards a, you know, a new conundrum, right? Uh, yeah. I think in Howard Business View, a couple of years ago, one of the big uh, readings uh, was, say, manage your energy, don't manage your time. And I think yeah. there's a big theme that we see here of uh, you know, the biohacking community you're part of, right? It's, yeah. it's time, but of course, it's also there's, there's different qualities of time. Right, you have foc- you have time where you're very focused. You have time where you can be less. And I think this is the how the rhetoric goes. And I think that's actually, I mean, that's to me, that's very right. Yeah. There, there's definitely something around that. And I think there's something about you know you could say let's look about results and so on. Yeah. However, there's another aspect yeah. of that, and that is they're also hard to measure, right? Because we don't deliver results individually. You're always dependent on on someone, right? So I think there have been other works. Uh, Best Buy try to do a result-only environment, and you could work as you want, and so on. Right? Yeah. And and that also introduced a lot of flip sides. People became very stressed about that. Yeah. Because how do you del- how do you deliver that? So so that's of course another option. You can build right by by results. And that but it is it's fascinating. Like also the entire management um, paradigm would like let people just solve their problems themselves. Which, uh, from a philo- f- philosophical point of view, if I'm pronouncing that, could be a nice thing. And that's kind of what I was taught studying psychology as well, like give people the freedom and so on. We just ended up seeing the dark side later that, that created a lot more people got stressed. Because like just figure it out yourself is often also a way that you end up scheduling more things than is actually possible because mm-hmm. it's just like, well, you just figure this out uh, and you just solve it, right? Exactly right, and I think this is what I'm into. I think these are we live in a time right now where work has gone fluid. Yeah. Right, and uh, so I'm uh, quite interested in uh, in an application that Microsoft has developed yeah. uh, called My Analytics. Yeah. So this uh, it's more advanced time tracking than you know you just in, in the consultancy do right. So it uses these metadata from your email, your calendar to say okay, hey, I spend so much time in email. You spend so much time here. And then it, po- it pokes you a little bit. Yeah. So let's say you are spending you know, all the time at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, right? And you're sitting there and say, hey, is this healthy for you? Yeah. Also, if you have your back-to-back in your daytime calendar, right? It says maybe you should schedule focus time. So time where you can actually breathe, prepare for your meetings and so on. Yeah. And that's of course, should help you both get more productive, more healthy. And I think that's very right. Yeah. Um, so I think the idea around these things are very good. Yeah. I also promised you a little bit of a dark side, right? Because yeah. I think I've been saluting actually, you know, we can get more control back and so on. Yeah. And, and but if we just, before we go to that, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's super fascinating. I saw something Microsoft had done a study as well, where they did a EEG measurement of the brain, um, how it was going with people that were having meetings back to back. And people just said, I think it was five minutes break or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the massive change in their brain, how it was much better with the five minutes. So I think, it's often like a structure versus culture and how both of them influence each other. And, and that having that structure then and being nodded to that, being like, hey, we never do an hour meeting, we do 55 minutes, something else, so you have five minutes to breathe. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's true, right? We have all these, um, a lot of these are also, I think, fueled yeah. by insights from the behavior economics yeah. and nudging and so on, right? This idea that basically we, uh, 
are not as good. We have we have an intention action gap. So maybe we know we should not post our calendar. I think a lot of us would when you ask us, uh, you know, you should should I have uh, back to back meetings? I think very few people will will say this is the optimal way to work. Yeah. However, it happens to us, right? So there's this because you know t- life happens. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of these uh, tools what they try to do by putting us, you know, they track our time, give us a reminders, they try to remind us of, of some of these these good habits. And yes, it's a big problem, right? Um, that's we work, and I think there's been a lot of other things. Uh, take a break, you know, going out to the nature, take a walk, schedule that every day is uh, is all activities. I think that can lift us and help us uh, yeah. a lot. So you're kind of for this Microsoft solution, but then you're not fully for it. What's the, yeah, what's what, the what, what, what is the heck, right? What is the... How do you use it in a good way and like, what do you need to be careful of? For example, with sleep trackers, mm-hmm. we know they can be powerful in getting to know where you're waking up many times during the night and they nudge people to be like, oh, I gotta get to sleep or to bed because I'm gonna mm-hmm. get to sleep. But there's a super negative side that now there's a new disease uh, where people are over um, conscious or nervous about their sleep. So like, it's about that balance. So how, where is the balance? Yeah. So I think in my research, or kind of my perspective, I, I take a more macro perspective, yeah. right? So I think there's a lot of good reasons that these can work. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of challenges also, right? So when you talk with people, I think some of the challenge people feel is uh, how well does this actually correspond to my work? Yeah. Obviously they abstract work. So they tell you something, but they don't tell the whole picture. So I think it, how religious, what are your relationships? And that's a little bit what you touch upon, right? They can be good alerts, they can be good reminders, but they cannot substitute, you know, your feeling, how do I feel of my body, how do I... So, so I think that's just one danger, right, from yeah. on, on the personal level. But for the more meta level, um, the challenge is that a tool like Microsoft, it says, hey, we should help ourselves build smarter habits, work, um, work smarter and so on. And there's a tendency in, in the way that these tools are framed that they place the individual to handle all this fluidity of work we talked about, right? Like right now we live in these boundaries on the individual. And a lot of these are collective, right? Mm. So the reason why you may be set up in the night and you have back-to-back meetings are not yours. Yeah. They are collective. Um, and, and there is a complex relationship yeah. between these things, right? So. So one thing is when we use these tools, you know, there's companies that, that give employees uh, self-tracking uh, tools. Uh, a Danish uh, company, Astel, they was one of the front runners, providing people with a subscription to a sleep tracking app. Yeah. And that caused a lot of um, negative media attention, right? Because obviously it's different when an employer gives you something. I mean, if an employer gives you a Fitbit, mm. it comes with a certain different kind of expectation, even though the product is, is the same, right? The, you can say the feeling around this changes. And I think that is that is quite fascinating. And especially with this MyAnalytics uh, thing, I think it is that it comes that it comes your burden to figure out. Now you've got the tool to figure it out. You better get it right. Um, and these are the things that I, I think can be, um, be a challenge. Yeah. So I know with research, uh, it's very hard. I've interviewed a few researchers before to give clear answers mm. because you need to do a lot of the research to be able to say it and that's often going to come several years later. But someone listening that might be a manager, a leader, something else. So both taking that side and then an employee afterwards. Someone being like, hey, I want to do the best for my employees. Uh, even thinking like, I want to give them Fitbits or mm. like different things so they can track their sleep. I want to help them with blood testing or 
or I actually just want to help them like track their time so we can mm. optimize it and they don't feel stressed. Let's say they're coming from a good intention. What would you recommend to them? Like, do we have any literature saying anything? And like, one thing is the literature that you can say, and then like, what's your non-imperial uh, yeah. research opinion from what you've seen and like how you understand humans? So I think the big danger is basically of of these, we can say, more soft form of, of algorithmic managers, right? Because yeah. I think the interesting part about a tool like my analytics is that it could be seen to automate. We live in a world of automation, right? Every yeah. job gets automated by by machine learning and AI these days, right? And and the job that's also getting automated by software here is the conversation with your employees, right? You can see that. Yeah. And and I think when you if you offer these these tools, um, my analytics an example is offered by default for every users of the Office package. Then be aware of this tendency that that people are not stuck with the problem um, themselves, right? Um, be willing to take the debate, right? Um, so what I do in my research, I take a historical perspective. So I've been following the development of, of this My Analytics app for the past uh, 10 years. And what I find quite fascinating is that this app actually started as a consultant, as a couple of consultants, yeah. um, Bain Consultancy. I think again, you know, thinking about the time tracking practices and way of make things more efficient, they developed a dashboard for managers so they could see their team performance. Yeah. Um, and how people were using the time to spark, you know, conversations. And then a couple of years after they delivered not only a dashboard for managers, but also for the individual employee. Yeah. And when they first kind of delivered this, it was uh, said to spark conversation about meaningful workloads, uh, to say what are the right job priorities. And then uh, Volvo Metrics was uh, bought by Microsoft. Um, the quantified self movement began to get root so I think there was more there was also some powers we want to to use more tracking mm. for the self so a lot of people talk about quantified employee yeah and these things made uh, or, uh, these things changed you know to the current product where I think it's much focused about build good habits and so on has yeah. this individual thing but I think that the story of, of Volvo metrics and the tur- way turn is there is a story where this ability to map you know we can say opaque hidden things can actually spark conversations um, and I think the, if you want to go these things you want to help people actually live well, help, uh, live more healthy work life and so on be aware that maybe you know some of the things are not always in, make people more efficient mm. I mean I think often we see that you know you be more healthy and that also makes you more efficient but it's not always you know things are maybe on a very broader scale are connected that way but it's not always that these can be measured one to one and, and, and that's sometimes where the conflicts comes, right? Mm. That sometimes, you know, maybe people are pulled in a million directions. That's actually good for a short-term perspective for the company, right? But very poorly, right? So there are some power dynamics here. So you ask, you know, I took a little bit detour, right? Yeah. What are the good advice for the manager? It depends on your perspective, right? If you want to, you know, get the best out of your employee on the, for the profit line, and that's your goal about using these tools, I think there is a discord, and there is a lot of things that that's what they do, right? But uh, being here also in Scandinavia and so on, I think that it's, we should be careful of these individualizing things. Um, so I think this is some, my research is also points towards that I think that some of these tools could maybe also be used by unions. Mm. So because I think there is a, when you deliver a tool for a company, right, you, it's very hard that the customer is also dictating how mm. the tool will be designed. And I mean, it could also be that, you know, we self-tracking things could say, hey, you know, you don't sleep at night, uh, you work a lot, uh, 
you should maybe get a better paid. Yeah. How do you prepare to take this conversation? Yeah. I think if managers were, were actually doing these conversations, and I have some friends that work in a media company, where actually that time tracking has begun to flow, like to, to prone these kind of conversation, right? Yeah. Um, and then I think it's a different. So are you willing also to to actually see what's part of this information, right? But so Scandinavia is. Yeah, we're definitely very union driven compared to many other mm. countries and there's like a lot of things you're not allowed to but it's an interesting ethical question as well like what can you how much can a employer expect that the employee take care of their health and so on mm. because we often see a direct impact right someone that doesn't sleep they're going to get more sick there's a higher risk so like but where is that like where is that line yeah, it's a good question, right? I think a lot of the times, some other people evaluating some of these things is saying that, that people get very frustrated when they cannot, ha- if they don't have the ability to change stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of experiments around, you know, making these things that help people to take breaks, reminding people, yeah. you know, you can see from, you know, people's tone of voice, you can use ETT, right? So heartbeat rate, or yeah. you, can even, you can even have like, you know, there's somebody developing I saw a conference paper some years ago developing a wristband, yeah. tracking you know your brain activity, and and that can of course help you say, hey, maybe it's a good time to to have rests. But if you don't have the possibilities actually to take, yeah. I mean, we can have an idea about that possibilities. So I think a lot of it is also the amount of flexibility flexibility we provide, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that flexibility is interesting because. Like what I studied was very much like give people all the freedom in the world mm. and learning that it's always the, it's never the employee's fault, it's always the leader that didn't do well enough. So I came from that perspective going into things. Uh, what I realized though, um, having me the leadership positions is I'm fairly structured and that keeps me quite happy because I can then close things off and so on. Mm. Uh, I had an employee, for example, that never used a calendar to schedule tasks. She was very stressed because like it was overwhelming for her. Mm. So then we agreed on, okay, let's schedule in everything that we agree on. And I often do it as well because I have, I experienced when I was a consultant that my managers often would underestimate how long things took. Mm. So uh, we had the joke that if you got something from a manager, you like multiply with three, yeah. then you know how long it takes, right? And that would often mean that you would work till the night because you only expected like to do it in, in one hour instead of the three hours, right? Um, so, but I found with her as well and helped like, okay, write into your calendar the estimation of the different tasks. Mm. So that's not as much tracking, it's also just estimation. But then figure out how long it takes so we can get better at actually estimating it. And I studied a course at Harvard where we also learned about how bad we are at estimating it. Mm. And the advice from that, those studies were, you need to track it so you can get better at estimating. Mm. So I actually know how much time. And I think that's a lot of the conversation, right? Uh, yeah. We also have... Uh, a, a, a Danish uh, scholar called Ben Fubia, who has done yeah. a lot of things about why does building projects, right, uh, always goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and and I think Did that... Did he find an answer? Yeah, that his, his advice is, you know, you just times four. I think it's uh, double or times four, you know, I think... It, so then people times double as much time, and then, you know, you have to build in a buffer, right, because yeah. you underestimate. So I think that's the only thing you learned. Yeah. Well, there's no matter what, how good you get at this, you just underestimate, right? Yeah. But of course, there's something about this learning, this genuine inability. And I think this is also what this software tries to do, right? It says, yeah. you know, we, we know that when life happens, these things. And so I think it's, that's why I'm fascinated about it, right? Yeah. Because I think that the problem that it is kind of responding to yeah. 
is a real problem. That and I, that's that's a little bit what I think the more dark side, right? So we're evil capitalism. We track track everything. It's we subsume life, every aspect of life. Our feelings becomes part of the market. That critique I think is valid and important. So that's what I mean by the macro level. Yeah. But I also think we should not neglect, as you say, what can we do? Like we we should not just throw out all these technologies in the bathwater, right? We should maybe think about what if they were led by unions or what, how do we ensure privacy and so on, right? Um, so these are some of the, the things that I think is very important to to reconsider. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that the, the, the time for the, if you are individual manager, right? I think really think about, are you willing to take the consequences of what, yeah. the, what the tracking shows, right? And how much of this Microsoft tool can the managers actually see? Because as far as I understood it, you couldn't see that much as a manager no, or a small exactly. employee. Yeah, so the way it's been designed is that there are two tools, basically. There's this tool for the manager, and, and right, now, right now it's called Workplace. And I think it's, last time I looked into it, was 100 people, above 100 people that you can, uh, can see. And then your individual is, is set, right? So you have aggregated numbers of 100 people, and you can see your own data, right? Yeah. So in that sense, that, and I think that makes very lot very good sense, right? Um, but of course, then a half a year ago, they also launched in Corona when we were more distant, that people would have a productivity score. So based on all this data, right, you would get us a kind of a sum of these, right? So one of the, maybe also the danger is that I think that the step from privacy and to, you know, more where it gets from a self-evaluation yeah. tool to a something you evaluate upon are, are slippery, right? Yeah. So, so that's a little bit also what I think is, is part of it, um, but yeah, it's, it's right now the tool is, you can see this, and I talk with our people and I ask them, you know, I look into this stuff and be like, and I think it's crazy, right? It feels surveyed, like, yeah, the, you know, a few people feel like, oh, it hurts in the stomach, a little bit. That's fascinating. So, do you think it's a good idea, not a good idea to use it? Mm, I think there's, I, I think there is something around the, I also was very fascinated about behavioral economics and you talk about these planning biases, right? The planning fallacies. And I think these are very real things. Yeah. So I think that we need to, and I think tracking can help us. I think by putting stuff more into the, um, the calendar can, can be a powerful tool yeah. to negotiate our work. So actually uh, my experience in, in advertising, that was my own experience, how it, I, I felt bad about myself. Yeah. But I was also at a time I was uh, a manager, for, I was team manager. And one of my, he was both a good friend, so it was very complex, right? Good friends and colleagues at the same time as, as we often have. And, um, and he was, uh, and I was of course pushing things, we need to result to deliver, right? And, and he was also coming to me, Steve, look, you know, I worked all these hours. Yeah, and uh, back then we were both we was kind of part time, so we were also juggling being in high school and a teenage life that has all yeah. these complexities. And he used it to say, "Steve, you know, it, it's not fair." And back then I was a little bit, you know, we are, we need to deliver on this, right? I mean, yeah. it's, if we can do this, we can build a bright future for ourselves. But I think uh, afterwards I've been coming to appreciate what what he actually did, right? He used the tool to negotiate his work. Yeah. So I think for the maybe individual person, I think there can be some some powerful things here, right? Um, and the complexity is it begins to be something where the manager says, "Hey, if it becomes targets to meet, right? You need to be X amount of, of works and so on." I think that's a bad idea. Mm. But I think if there are alerts a little bit like you know when we have in our car the seatbelt is not working on, right? I think that can be a good. So I think a little bit like you said in the 
talked about the sleep tracking, right? I think these can work as alerts. I think there's a lot of potential there, but I think as uh, things to steer for, right? I need yeah. to, thinking about sleep, right? You need to have eight hours of, uh, of REM sleep, right? And if yeah. you don't get that, you're actually all stressed all day yeah. because I didn't, that day I didn't manage to get that amount of sleep. Yeah. I think that's bad. I think when we begin to live our life through these yeah. metrics, I think that's bad. But if they are kind of in the background and that's yeah. some of the beauty of it, right? I don't need to interact with it no. to get a notification, right? Or say, hey, are things here? So I think these can be some of the, if you present it, and I think there's a manager, right? You can present these as alerts. Mm. Um, I think that could be, be a good thing, but then be willing, you know, what, but, but make sure that you have kind of considered how do you react to the alert, Yeah. right? Because imagine if you come to say, hey, here's an alert, you know, see if things are going wrong. Yeah. How would you actually react to that? Yeah. Um, I think just asking you that question can actually make a lot of managers much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you, I think it's with all tracking. It's like, how do you use it? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically a matter of that, right? And, yeah. and use is not only about use, it's also around the whole system around that. Yeah. Um, that's sometimes what we underestimate, right? The whole... But it's this interesting dilemma, like, how much are you allowed to track as well? What you do and it's like... And it's also especially coming from uh, from where we are in Scandinavia, um, and I come from a what do you call more unionized family mm-hmm. um, that are not the employers. Whereas, like if you're getting paid for something, there's also an expectation that you deliver some value. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a communist world we're living in, so like someone has mm-hmm. to pay the salary, right? And if you have a team as well, it's like I find that often it's lower performers that have a bigger problem with the time being tracked, mm-hmm. where the ones that are performing really well, it's kind of like, please do track me, and you see how freaking awesome I am and how many results I deliver. So it's like that yeah. balance as well, and like, that's not the same that uh, you should cut off, and I think we have a responsibility to make uh, workplaces where people are thriving and so mm-hmm. on. And, but there's also like, how much do you pay a person? Yeah. Like, But I think that's interesting, right? So the, the, the tracking can be used to protect people also, yeah. right? If, if we if we think about it, right? Yeah. And, and we have a long tradition in Scandinavia to actually together with unions yeah. um, to build stuff. So when, uh, you know, the job of uh, putting uh, people into the, the newspaper, right? The people yeah. who were setting up the, the newspaper printers, yeah. um, they were in a lot of uh, thing how to they reconfigure the job in an automation, right? So we have a tradition actually that are, are built upon, right? Uh, which I think has a lot of hope. So that's yeah. a little bit some of the things I'm hoping to explore uh, further yeah. in my, my research, right? So now I've been engaged in all this historical um, perspective and, and also in this protecting thing, right? Yeah. I think we can learn a lot from history. So uh, ship work darkers. Yeah. You maybe think that's something that is not equivalent at all to modern knowledge work and cognitive work, right? But building a ship is a little bit like uh, running, uh, I think a company also, right? Because you know, especially long time ago when you were just running around and hammering nuts around, it was, you know, nobody know, knew who, who did what. So you try to build models and you try to figure out, oh, you have responsibility for this and this, but on the floor, it's a big chaos also, yeah. right? A little bit like our modern work life, right? But it's hard to say who actually does right, but, but on the bigger scale, there's hopefully a, a system. And there in the Helsingør shipyard, a hundred years ago, there was a lot of workers who would like to have more control of the time, whether or not they were at work mm. or not, because a lot of them were actually asked to work on the Mastercraftman's boat 
in the other side of the harbor. Yeah. So the master craftsman will send his workers to work on the boat, and then the and that was not so nice. You know, you are not part of your colleagues and uh, all this social thing, and maybe you will also be expected to work even later, right? Yeah. Uh, so there was actually a call for workers for more, you could say, control of the time. So, so that's why I think these things are not black and white. No. Um, it's very much intention, like I say, like you can use it as protect workers as well. Like, so for me, the team in, in Kang, when we're building ventures, mm -hmm. we don't, like, we didn't sell them in that they're going into a consultancy where they're working 24-7. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also like, what's the expectation? Uh, so for me, I think it's important that they actually figure out like how much are they working because I can easily fill up their, like, I could fill up 80 hours a week mm -hmm. and that's not fair. So unless they actually um, do some kind of tracking themselves or estimations, it's, it can be very uh, easy for a manager to make the mistake to give too many uh, tasks. And if you don't get that feedback back and forth, like, hey, I end up work, I've been working three weeks now, 60 hours. If you don't know that as a manager, mm -hmm. then you just keep giving them too much work, right? That's also part of that. You could yeah. ask them, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. But we also, I think it's even more interesting with Corona now that we're working at home. Many people are having a hard time being fully focused and like suddenly they're sitting and doing laundry and things mm -hmm. which can be beneficial if you do it in the smart way. Um, but for some people, they feel like they're working 24-7, right? So mm. how do you use this to make sure people don't work 24-7, yeah. but they actually get time to leisure, get time for the family and live a life instead of just living for work, right? Exactly. And I think these, and I think a lot of these things, and that's why I think this, I think it's important, what I also want to counter around, you can yeah. say all these dark side critical studies, right? Yeah. Uh, is that I think they address real problems. Yeah. Right. I think a tool like MyAnalytics, I think it has all these challenges about trying to individualize yeah. once the, the burden, right? It, yeah. it makes it your job to figure out. But I also think it's important to notice, right, that I think it came out of a good, you know, it, it responds to some real problems. And I don't think there's been evil no. people at Microsoft and, and, and the Bain Consult sitting there figure out. I think we're a product of our time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we need to understand this these yeah. things uh, better to also understand what are these and that's what I hope to, to do in this talk right and yeah. in general when we talk about that we become mindful around the intentions and so on so kind of a sum up could be really like um, like any tool is most tools are not necessarily good or bad it very much depends on how you use it the analog back to your leap tracking mm. if you use it in a way to have a dialogue with your team members and you actually have a good intention to be like hey how do we ensure that you have a life outside of work mm. and you're also contributing value to work but that we kind of use the different things to optimize for example mm. does it show that you are never get like you have back-to-back -back meetings because that's often on the managers right mm. sometimes they can do something about it if they know about it and that's the mm. manager's job to ask but this might facilitate a bit more and it might give employees the possibility to actually see what's going on i think mm. many people get surprised when they have tracking how they're actually living so you have the example with the mobile phones mm. that are now showing how much time you spend on them, right? Mm. Most people, if they open it and see how much time they spend, they don't believe in the start. Yeah. And I think it's the same when you do food tracking. People get surprised, like, is this, is this actually what I eat, right? Yeah. I think an important part of this use case is also that you don't live by the metrics. Yeah. So we be very careful that these metrics is not become goals in themselves. Yeah. So we maybe see these as interventions. Maybe yeah. you track for some time and then you have a conversation and a workshop around that. Yeah. And then you leave it, uh, the track out again. Yeah. So I think really this alert metaphor is, is very important um, 
to to use, right? So it, it doesn't become it can they can inform our general things, but yeah. it should not be something we navigate through, right? Uh, we know that a lot of times, right? Uh, financial metrics is yeah. tends out to be the benchmark we all strive for, yeah, yeah. and I think that's dangerous, right? Suddenly, if we plan our work only to meet up with these metrics we know is good, I think we can have a lot of weird uh, work around that. Yeah, and some of them are short-term based. Like I learned from a partner in Deloitte that talked about like you might be able to get super high results by driving a team extremely hard for mm -hmm. half a year to a year, two years. But that's not building a sustainable business because yeah. many of them are going to burn out or they'll leave and so on. And you see some people that are like rockstar through companies, but they're actually just like ruining companies because they go in, yeah. they burn out one department, and then they get promoted. And then the next person has to take over a burned out department and then they progress. Yeah. So I think this might also be able to see like, are these people that are potentially burning out people? Like it might be an easier way mm -hmm. to see like they're leaving. Yeah, exactly right. I think one test you could ask yourself is there's been a lot of talk and a lot of research about people that game algorithms, right? You yeah. see a lot of, uh, especially on, on platforms like Uber, people that, you know, try to figure all different kinds of way to to hack, you know, the system. Uh, we also see people in Fitbit, there was insurance companies that give yeah. people a Fitbit to make sure that people are actually, you know, healthy and they take the steps. What happened is the people gave it to the dog, yeah. they put it into the the laundry machine, yeah. uh, no, the dryer, right? So, and then it goes around and you know a lot of steps. And I think a test for yourself is that if people, if it's a problem, if people game the system, if that becomes a problem for you, I think you're doing something wrong. Because then, you know, you, it begins to be these metrics that you're navigating about, rather than it becomes something that informs work, right? So when you begin to rest your decision making yeah. around your team and so on, right? I think you should maybe ask yourself, what is this a problem yeah. of, right? Um, so I think, you know, if you begin to spike people to game the system and, and have incentives to do that, right? Uh, then we take a slope that I think is more dark. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so I'm just thinking because you used the example of Fitbit because I know, I know the example with the dogs, which mm -hmm. is quite fun, right? Uh, or depending on how you look at it, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there is an incentive to game the system, but I don't necessarily think the system is wrong. Like here, it's a matter of um, we have an insurance and everyone pays for it. Mm -hmm. And we agree that um, it's a common burden how much you pay mm -hmm. um, because you need to pay for the damages. And we know if someone is living in a specific way, it's going to cost more. Mm -hmm. So that's why some of the insurance companies, uh, as long as it's not um, measured against your DNA or genetic stuff mm -hmm. that you can do, but we actually have an influence on movement. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that the cost will be low for everyone. So mm -hmm. it's not just the company they are cheating, they're cheating the other insurance takers as well. And they use, some of them do still have an incentive to game the system. I don't necessarily see that system is wrong. Mm, that's actually, I think that's, that's a little bit where the dark side, to me at least, begins yeah. to come, right? Because the moment we begin to see, we, we live, that's what I think we, they're used to interventions to help us understand habits that yeah. are good for us and things that we are beginning to strive through, yeah. right? So suddenly we begin to use the Fitbits as a proxy about how good of a customer are you? Yeah. Again, how good are your my analytics data, right? So I think yeah. that if we begin to see, hey, you should not work all these odd hours, but what if it actually fits good for some people, right? You know, mm. maybe some people have children and maybe it's actually good to work, you know, uh, nine o'clock, right? As yeah. long. And, and, we, and I think that's, so when we begin to, to make these kind of incentives, say, hey, I want my team to work this and this and this, we 
don't get all these uh, people about we we begin to see that we make people work instead we begin to say hey I, I think you should work this and this and this right yeah you you enter higher ground and this I think where there's two negative one is the feeling of being surveilled all the time yeah. right and that is accompanied with a lot of stress yeah so the feeling of being surveilled I think we have all tried situations yeah. like that I think that's something we want to avoid so I think yeah. that's just why I think this Fitbit gamification test is good because yeah. if people feel urged to gamify game the system yeah. that's also probably the negative consequence of that yeah and the other thing is of course also the risk of being the metrics right so we evaluate people about because we cannot evaluate people about their results no <laughs> we cannot evaluate people about the time they spend because time is qualitatively differently yeah then we begin to value people around how many things they put into the systems do they answer the emails on time on the right patterns and so on which i think is equally dangerous right yeah um Because I think the insurance system is, to me at least, something that are a lot of ethical challenges around that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, I think it's a long conversation about it. So I think from anything that you take, that's something that people can't do anything about. Pe- insurance companies should not be allowed to evaluate based on that, mm. because that's not fair. But something that's actually in people's power, um, I don't think it's fair that I have to pay twice as much for insurance. Mm. Um, f- um, if it means, how do you say it properly? Like if I'm doing my part mm-hmm. of contributing to to this community, yeah. which it is a community you're contributing to, mm-hmm. whether you want to see it that way or not, but often a certain amount is being kept by the insurance companies, mm-hmm. and the one I have, we get money back. Mm-hmm. So if I am not exercising and to a certain level or mm-hmm. overeating, I will be costing that insurance company a lot more. And I don't think it's Actually, I don't think it's that fair for that stuff mm-hmm. that other people have to yeah. pay for that part. And I think it's actually fair that you can save money in that way by living better because it because it is a high burden, especially in the US, how much insurance costs. Mm-hmm. But once you start looking at, okay, you have a DNA mutation, mm-hmm. you're costing a lot more. Then it's no longer the fair uh, contribution yeah. to, to the community. Then it's, it's very tough being single out. I think here our disagreement actually highlights a very important part of this, and these, yeah. these, these are ethical questions, right? Yeah. It's also about the view about human nature, yeah. about how much in control yeah. of your life are you. Um, so there's, uh, I think a lot of people have probably seen it at Netflix, this uh, documentary, The Social Dilemma, mm. or maybe heard about the, the book, uh, The Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Susanna Zuboff. Yeah. And her counter-argument to what you describe is that that's of one, one ideology that also kind of assumes that we have a very good command of our habits. Yeah. Um, the problem is, maybe, however, that a lot of, of these data, right, especially when the links become more arbitrary, right, or we get more data points where the yeah. message becomes more complex, then we have at least seen that there can be a lot of racism bias. Yeah put into these systems, right? So so maybe, you know, okay, there's a direct correlation between your Fitbit, but maybe it could also be a lot of other data points where we know you are better if you live in certain neighborhoods, yes. right? Uh, you have certain names. I mean, that yeah. does not necessarily to be, so you can just change your name, right? So, But then it, it depends on like, what is it that you're tying it up to? Are you tying it up to a metric that you actually can do something about that's equal? If you tie it off, for example, health IQ, I think the insurance company, mm-hmm. 
um, they have made it so that if you know certain things about healthy food, then you can get a better insurance. Mm-hmm. If you tie it up to whether you can afford to buy organic food, for example, then you put people in an unequal mm-hmm. stage, and that would not be fair because not everyone has the money to buy organic mm-hmm. food. Um, so I think it's it's very much depending on do you tie it up to something where there's racial biases, for example, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. That would not be fair. Yeah. That goes back to the genetics again. Yeah, I I, I think what it's what you're saying is 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 fair. Yeah. I think uh, my hesitation mm-hmm. is that I think these uh, the distinction you try to make here is I think in practice harder it's harder to it, yeah. it's, it's maybe it's possible in some cases yeah. right but it's just we need to be aware of those things right yeah and coming back to the workplace right yeah how much are we in command yeah. about our work right um, yeah um, I have uh, one of my old professors uh, when I was <clears> a student he was uh, doing a lot of things around how do you manage how do you manage self-managing employees yes. also around stress and he followed a lot of uh, companies where yeah. they included meditation practices yeah and uh, what they did was you know suddenly everybody was provided meditation lessons it should yeah. help them be more productive cope with stress and so on a lot of people's reaction were you know who should do our work when we are meditating yeah and and I, and I think this is again you know here that you can say the tracking can help help us to say hey maybe the work burden is too much Yes. Again, right? I think that's often the case in many workplaces, is that the work burden is, is not realistic. Yeah. It's not fair. It's like it's it's very unfair actually. Um, and managers don't know how much the employees work. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's been my experience from seeing different people. Why? Which is again, it depends on your own experiences, right? Because I'm sure there's like evil managers. Let's be honest. That are just like that's yeah. how they're pushing it, right? And then there's the other stand of being like, well. I want more people to thrive as well. And yeah, but it's interesting to hear that perspective. Like, can you actually find those metrics that can help? And I don't know that Microsoft system, I'm not saying that's the only one to go, yeah. but it, it needs to be the right ones that actually are helping and not damaging. And I think also my interest in Microsoft, I think it's a, it's a tool in its baby state, right? Yeah. Um, so my interest is not in the specific tool. I have a lot of people when I talked in the beginning yeah. of my of my project, right? I was wanted to follow people, yeah. and the first thing I always learned in a lot of these, uh, I didn't do it. I end up I didn't do it so systematically, but I always my key finding was you know these tools are very hard actually to depict work. Yeah. However, we are I think looking in the crystal ball. You know, yeah. uh, Corona for one thing yeah. has transferred more of our workplace into we meet at teams we yeah. meet at zoom right so more we leave more digital traces so yeah but also the amount of of things you can get right i know microsoft has some patterns where you when you look at your screen right it take a photo of you and that from that they can figure out how you feel your gestures right to is that how the software works now no, no that's not part of the software okay. right but they have a pattern that when you take up your phone you, yeah. you can take a screen for you right and based on that facial expression you can figure about what are your mood yeah. So suddenly that could be part of this, you could call it ecosystem of tracking. Yeah. Um, tone of voice, how angry are you in your emails? Do you use smileys or not? Yeah. And my danger around, and that's my gamification danger, right? Yeah. I don't think that's very far from, I understand you want to say, I want to help people. Yeah. I want, but what if that suddenly you, I know that I'm evaluated better if I put X free smileys in my work, right? Yeah. Then I begin. That begins to be a measurement to get free smileys in my work. Yes. Yes. And I think these are the things, the dark side we want to to avoid. Yeah. That we start up living, like living up to the metrics. Yeah. Rather than using the metrics to live a better life. 
Yeah. And I think this is the dangerous when you begin to. Uh, that we, we have to find ways to juggle. I think yeah. it's it's good we can use these for conversations. But I think there was a super valid point. So when I when I'm thinking about tracking, and we should probably have started with some of this. Mm. I'm mostly thinking about tracking of um, probably very basic way of like what are you working on? How many hours do you spend on different tasks? Mm. And that simple way of tracking, uh, I found for myself as well. Uh, because I tracked all of my time, mm -hmm. because I know we have the bias of thinking we work a lot more. And I've been working a lot, um, and I've probably been working 60 hours a week, several weeks in that job where I was only supposed to work 40 hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt I had worked more than 60 hours, right? That's the classic. Well, it's a classic thing, right? Yeah. That helping people understand this can actually maybe feel, hey, I don't work so much, right? And that can actually be a relief. Yeah, and I was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. 60 hours is not the normal work with mm -hmm. most people, but it's, it's not that bad, at least from... But it, I could also then use it to go to my manager being like, hey, we agree on this workload. I'm solving mm -hmm. those challenges. I'm also bringing that much money. And my average work week has been 15 hours more than agreed. Mm -hmm. uh, happy to get you help on how I can lower it, or we need to talk about salary or mm -hmm. other things, right? So I'm probably like, much of our discussion, I'm taking a much more... Uh, what we say, basic look of what you actually track, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I only seen a bit about seeing how many emails you send, which I think can probably help you being like you're sending too many emails. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you see tracking about from face and so on? Because I think that also gives a much more nuanced yeah. understanding of like what are you tracking at work? Because I would not like to get my face no. tracked while working. No, exactly right. So IBM, they, uh, I think that we have a, a future very yeah. soon, right? Where we begin to see the tracking practices become yeah bigger integrate now work life, helping us, you know, making these small alerts. Yeah. So IBM had a couple of years ago a patent yeah. for a flying coffee delivering drone. And this drone would use uh, your sleep data, data from your calendar and email. Oh, calendar data, of course, sorry, not email. And, um, and also tone of voice yeah. to figure out, you know, when is the optimal time for you to have a cup of coffee and, and pupil dilations uh, tracked at work, webcams in the workplace, right? So this was a pattern, of course, they imagine a bunch of tracking things, right? And what if that was used to optimize the amount of a coffee or another shot of liquid yeah. caffeine as they was putting in, in the right? And this, I think, represents another way of mediating our work life through tracking, right? So right now it's no longer a manager that has this conversation with you, right? We outsource this to the application. Yeah. And, and in somehow we have a lot of bad managers, right? So maybe that's actually not an entirely bad thing, right? Yeah. A lot of these kind of, maybe we're gonna have people helping. I mean, how much time do you have? How much time do you talk with your manager around you? These things, maybe not so much. So it yeah. can be good. It's maybe good that it's, you know, oh, it's nice here's a cup of coffee, right? It's not inherently bad. No. But it just represents a more, let's call it mechanic view of yeah. life. That suddenly our work, we are only, you know, productive parts of the machine. Yeah. Um, and these are some of the, 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 the dark side, I think, what, what, I, what I refer to as the dark side. So where are we tracking-wise today? So I see my understanding of tracking was very basic compared to a lot of the stuff that's happening. Yeah. So what is the tracking that's going on, for example, in Microsoft and the stuff that you're seeing and where is it moving? Because yeah. I think there's a big difference in discussion whether you track your time as we started talking mm -hmm. about also with consulting. And if you're tracking your voice, your eyes, your smile, uh, how you're writing the emails. I think emails are more open to that you get some kind of like, how are you writing? Because it can also teach you how to write better. We can see that, that we are, all of these things are absolutely possible, right? Yeah. I mean, we have apps that track our sleep. How, yeah. good, how good are they? 
we can discuss that. Yeah. Um, my my girlfriend is a, 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 a medical uh, student, so she just graduated yeah. there. And of course, you know, a lot of she always laugh at me when I talk about these things, right? Because you know, making a proper EDG, you know, measure heart measure heart rate, probably is actually very hard, right? Yeah. It's a lot of craft and skill. So how well are all of these a little bit random? You know, you put something around your your belly, right? How how precise measures does that actually give you? Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's one question. But I think thinking about technology as accelerating and developing fast, right? I think that's something we we are seeing. Um, we know a lot of things around, you know, the the zones. What are our sleep, right? When are we? Yeah. Uh, which, which brain waves do we need to be in a in a in a problem? So we know a lot of these things, right? Yeah. So I think we thinking of these things in the future is not uh, is not uh, completely, you know, it's it's just a matter around technologies are getting better. I think it's a little bit the same when we talked about machine learning and AI yeah. five years ago, right? You know, obviously, of ten years ago, the computer power was not there. Yeah. But but when we began to see that we can make all of these predictions, right? Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of, of of price going down, and I think this is. This is where we are. So I think you have the foundations. Yeah. They are there, right? It's just a matter of the diffusion of them. It's fascinating. Yeah. Steve, time is running. Thanks a lot. I would love to uh, go deeper into many of the things. I think it's very fascinating also like, like you can say like the devil's evolutions of tracking, right? And probably how fast this tracking is going to move. That one thing is tracking time and that's one discussion. Tracking more of your emails tracking your biomarkers and like where do you stop and when does it go from being helpful to the employee and the individual and when is it going to be damaging right and it's probably like most things is nuanced it's about how you use it i think that's a that's a good takeaway right and also maybe to say that these things are more connected than we think around right yeah so i think that the link between tracking time and tracking all the other bodily biomarkers uh, are in practice uh, more easily right because yeah track your emails how much it's still about time it's just another way of tracking time right yeah. it's a smarter way of tracking time now i'm having a smarter way of tracking my heart yeah. rate to figure out what happened in those yeah so i think in practice these uh, are more connected yeah what's the best tracking systems you've seen out there if someone is sitting and thinking like i want to test something there's microsoft that's working but like what have you seen that works well mm, i think there's two approaches right so yeah. one is this automatic tracking yeah. where we use the the footprints and i think uh, yeah there's microsoft the my analytics that 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 does something but it doesn't track your whole work day right they all no. say here's how much time you spend in emails and so yeah. on so i think that's one there's also a tool called rescue time yeah that uh, i had a co-founder that used to use that yeah so that i think and in my experience i think again precision is not always Perfect, but uh, I learned, you know, I played a lot of computer and at, at the time, so it has, I, I just saw how much I was locked on yeah. to a computer game, so I think that, that's something we can learn yeah. very fast, right? So I think it has some some things there. Um, and then also there's these cubes, somebody have maybe seen them called Timula, and there's a couple of other versions where people are manually tracking that time, but they do that by switching a cube. If you just need the, so you basically have a cube where you switch around. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think all of them has this problem around uh, how do we categorize this uh, run I talked around in the beginning of the, you know, if I'm at a run yeah. and I brainstorm an idea, yeah. is it work or is it not work? These are also some of the challenges that uh, that confront these tracking devices. Yeah. Interesting. So rescue time, I've seen that before as well. I use something called Chukla, 
T-O-G-G at some point. Yeah. It wasn't the easiest, but it just gave me an understanding of what am I actually spending my time on. Like you said with the computer game, I know my co-founder, he figured like he could suddenly see like, oh, I didn't feel I was spending so much time on these other activities and I could actually get more time off. Yeah. If I'm focusing this time. Any other software that you've seen that kind of... So I think there's a daily startup I think is worth following. Yeah. So called the Focus uh, VX. So they combine the my analytics data yeah. with the heartbeat data, okay. the heartbeat uh, data, yeah. uh, and then they can see you know if you're in a meeting uh, with that and that person and yeah. so on. Then uh, how do you feel, right? Yeah. So it's say they said okay, did I have a high pulse here? Yeah. It can be good or bad, right? It can be because yeah. I was very stressed in the meeting, but also because I was very excited. Yeah. And that can be a way to introspect ourselves. Yeah. Things quite fascinating. Yeah. Quite interesting. Um, cool. I always end up asking the guest um, an advice for live a happy, healthy, and meaningful life. Yeah. Uh, it could also be related to tracking, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the, the the healthy kind of advice. I think you, if if I were to exp- the way I kind of experiment a little bit is can I use these more to build some alerts for myself? Yeah. So uh, don't uh, if you want to track, don't track too much. Yeah. But uh, but think around maybe as some um, some alerts that could um, could be one way to go. Got it. And then think about if you I think also when if you want to be the one as a manager giving this to other people, think a lot about all this complexity that yeah. introduces. Right? Maybe it's a weird advice to say, but I think uh, more mindful of uh, nuances and complexity is uh, is also good. That makes sense. And then have the conversation. That's definitely something taking away. Like we see it differently, right? Yeah. Cool. Steve, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.